0: Most churches in America have a lot of people in them who were not won by that body, and so were not, they were not able to be discipled through the witnessing process like we saw in the life of Christ. But there is still a way for those people to be brought along and discipled, even if they are not necessarily your, your spiritual children. You still have the opportunity to take those people as babes in Christ and to see them grow. Thank you for joining us for this episode of General Order 4. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about where you can find disciples. Hello, and welcome to this episode of General Order 4. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the topic of where do I find disciples? And I know um, a lot of people who listen to us, I've talked to several people and they've enjoyed the content of the podcast, but the practical side of things of, I'm trying to find somebody that I should disciple. Where do I find those people? And so we want to talk about that a little bit today. And I am joined as usual by Pastor Brian Stewart. Good morning. And we are looking forward to getting into the topic at hand today. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to look at some examples in scripture of where people uh, were when they found some disciples. Um, And we're obviously going to start with the person of Jesus Christ, and so um, if you would, Pastor Stewart, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a couple of these examples, but if you just kind of want to explain um, what we mean by where do I find disciples and go from there.
1: All right, in answering the question, where do I find people to disciple, uh, I want to look at the big picture first, and the big picture is basically Christ is building his kingdom, Uh, God has given him this kingdom. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 20 and following. Mm -hmm. That in the end, Christ is going to be given his kingdom. So we're looking for subjects for this kingdom and that's the disciples those that are going to be followers of Christ. And so we want to kind of look, if we're going to look at big picture, then it makes sense that we're going to go where people are not a part of his kingdom yet. That's going to be our primary source. That's our our first source for looking to find people to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we want to go to the lost world and we want to go to those who are not a part of the kingdom so that we can invite them through the gospel of Jesus Christ to be a part of that kingdom and to invite them to be, as Jesus did, a follower of him.
0: Right. So let's look at the example of Jesus and see uh, how he went about finding disciples. Um, because obviously Christ is the greatest example that we have in everything in life. And so Amen. in the life and in, in, in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, this is how he did it. So let's look at John chapter number one uh, verses 40 and 41. We find a very interesting story. Um, and that is uh, it says this, uh, one of the two which heard John, that's John the Baptist, speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. F- he first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him. We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So um, Simon Peter was brought to Jesus by his brother. And when he got to Jesus, Jesus essentially brings him into the fold. And then a little bit we'll look at the passage in which Jesus actually calls him to follow him. Um, but this is the conversion of Simon Peter's uh, Andrew. He went out, he found his brother, and he brought him to Christ. Um, the second example I want to look at of someone who becomes a disciple um, we can find in the book of Mark, and uh, this is the uh, this is Matthew. And Jesus actually finds Matthew um, on his own at his place of business. And so in Mark chapter 2 verse 13, it says, And he, that's Christ, went forth again by the sea, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many and they followed him. So they went to Matthew's house, or in this passage, it calls Matthew Levi, um, but they went to his house. And so Jesus calls him to follow him. He becomes a follower of Christ. The point here is this, that Jesus went out and he found these men. Or, or others brought them to him, and then he began to disciple them. So they were lost people who were brought to Christ and then were discipled. And that's obviously the, the, best, that's the best method that we can look at, and that's the best method we can follow is to go out and find people through witnessing and bring them to Christ. So when he says
1: to us in the Great Commission to go, uh, we're seeing John here, John the Baptist, who went and gave the message that the Messiah was coming— which would Mm -hmm. be equivalent to, in our day and age, giving the message that he came, and that would be the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was the one who went and found Andrew. Andrew went and got his brother. He didn't have to find him in the sense that he didn't know him, but Mm -hmm. he already had a relationship with him, so we can see that one of the places we can find somebody when we go is our own family members that aren't saved or don't know christ yet Mm -hmm. can be a source for us to find somebody to disciple we know that we can find somebody that's a stranger john found andrew who i don't think they knew each other and so you can go to to people you don't know and build a relationship and 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 a fellowship with them and then introduce them to jesus christ and disciple them And so the idea, though, is, and Simeon, I I think we've talked about this before, if you're going to disciple somebody, when does discipleship start?
0: It starts by giving the gospel.
1: And it starts with the gospel. That's fulfilling the Great Commission. So discipleship is really uh, the system by which we're going to, that Christ gave us, to fulfill the Great Commission. And so it starts with salvation. And so where do I find people to disciple? Anywhere there's lost people. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the point here. And it can be your family. It can be your community. It can be another community.
0: Right. uh, Wherever
1: you're at. And
0: Christ calls calls Matthew right out of his place of business. So
1: So if we want to look at the method of witnessing or of going and and finding these people that are not yet a part of the kingdom— We can look at matthew chapter 4 and verse 19 in matthew chapter 4 and verse 19 jesus is talking here at the beginning of his ministry and he's talking to uh andrew and simon and uh, he goes to them by the sea Uh, these are fishermen they're fishers is what they're called in verse 18 And in verse 19, And he, Jesus, said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And so if witnessing or fulfilling the Great Commission is the beginning of being a disciple, which is this is where these disciples began, is what, when they were introduced to Jesus and they were following him, he says, Hey, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So this is how the method went. And he was, God was comparing here those who are lost to fish. Mm -hmm. And so these were men who were fishers. They were professional fishermen actually catching real fish and bringing them in for food and and other needs um, within the community. But now God is saying, okay, I want you to be fishers of men. And so he's comparing men here to fish. And a couple of things that, that strike me about this is that in order to fish, you have to go where they are. Mm-hmm. And so this is, again, that going, that witnessing, whether they're at home in your family, whether they're at work, like Matthew, whether they're like John, uh, who is going to find people that he doesn't already know and preach and teach the, the, the truths about Jesus Christ. Fish, in order to fish, you have to go where they are. You can't fish in a desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got to go where the fish are. But another interesting point is, and there's a lot of people that like to say, well, in order to, to do that, you have to be like the fish. Well, one of the things I know about a fisherman is they don't swim yeah. to catch fish generally. Now, there are some maybe out there that are an odd uh, fishing style, but most fishermen stand on a, on a boat or on a pier mm-hmm. or on the shore and they don't actually get down and swim with the fish in order to catch them right they they will use a bunch of tackle and a bunch of fishing rods and things like that so to catch a fish you don't have to swim with them to catch them Uh, and i think the point there is i don't have to behave and act like the world or a lost person Mm -hmm. in order to introduce that person to jesus christ now i may need to get near them I may need to be around them at times, Mm -hmm. but I don't have to be like them and do what they do. Right. Another interesting aspect to this is to catch a fish, it takes having the right tools and it takes being prepared. Mm -hmm. And so we can't just catch fish if we don't know what we're doing. I'm not a very good fisherman. And so if I go fishing, it's always helpful for me to have somebody that has Mm -hmm. the right tools and knows how to use them. Uh, So when it comes to fishing for fish, I'm not the guy you want around. Uh, but hopefully fishing for men, I'm a little more proficient at that. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then to catch a fish, it takes knowledge of how to employ the tools that you have and a general understanding of fish. Where do they like to hang out? What do they like to do? So that you can go and find them and get close to them so that you can what? So that you can take them out of the environment that they're in and put them in the new environment that Christ wants them in, and that's His kingdom, and that's Christ's likeness.
0: Yeah, and it's not—it's not a convenient thing either. Um, every fisherman who's worth his salt will tell you that the best times to go fishing are early, early in the morning or late in the evening, and neither of those two times <laughs> is very convenient, right? That's but for that's sure. when the fish are out. And, you know, if you're if you're trying earnestly to witness to somebody or be a witness to somebody that you've been working on for a while, you might have to go to their place of business during their lunch break in the middle of the day. Um, You might have to go to their their house late at night because they work second shift or third shift. And, you know, you you have to work with their schedule. You got to be there when they're available. Um, And so you have to you have to have a mind for that. And so it's not Mm -hmm. it's not always a convenient thing. Um, You know what you were saying about you don't have to become a fish to fish. Um, You know if you were standing on the bank trying to fish and you saw one in the water, you don't you cast your line at the fish, but you don't jump into the water and try to grab it. As soon as you jump into the water, it's gone. Like you're you're never going to catch it that way. And people who throw themselves face first into the world in order to supposedly be a witness have lost their testimony and when you've lost your testimony you've lost the strongest part of your christian witness and so you're not going to catch fish that way you might on rare occasion be able to snatch one um but you are not going to become a fisher of men that's proficient in catching fish not that way that's not the way christ did it
1: another passage that christ is dealing with the same aspect of them becoming fishers of men uh note in luke chapter 5 verse 10 it says and so also was james and john the sons of zebedee which were partners with simon and jesus said unto simon fear not from henceforth thou shalt catch men and so he makes it clear here it's not just continuing to be a fisher but he's actually going to catch men how is he going to catch them well it's with the gospel it's with all the tools that jesus is going to spend the next three and a half years as he follows Christ all the teachings that Christ gives him then he is going to do that and it's interesting that Simon uh, is Peter and he's the one that gets to preach on Pentecost and so one of the first and greatest catches is is the one that Peter gets to, to do and Jesus said unto him, fear not don't, don't fear, don't mm-hmm. dread this, but I want you to be a catcher of men, that's what I'm going to train you for, that's what I'm going to direct you towards why because he wants to catch as many men who are going towards destruction if we remember John 3:17 uh just after John 3:16 he says i have come not to condemn the world but because the world is what already condemned because mm-hmm. they haven't believed on me and so uh we need to catch them because they they are in a uh, under a different kingdom and they need to be in the kingdom of their creator Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to come through the Son, Jesus Christ, and, and right. put their faith and trust in him.
0: The The next um, of the exact same the exact same passage recorded in Mark, uh, it says, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Um, mm-hmm. So I find it interesting, if you look at it in the order of Matthew, Mark, And then Luke and Matthew, he says, um, I will make you fishers of men. And Mark, he says, I will make you to become fishers of men, indicating that it's a process by which you become better and better and better at becoming a fisher of men. Um, And then in Luke, he gives them the guarantee that they will catch men if they do that. Um, In other words, you start out by Christ saying, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And that sounds great. And then you move to Mark, and he says that this is a process by which I'm going to make you become a fisher of men. The longer you fish for fish, the better you become at fishing, and the same is true with witnessing. Um, and then in Luke, he says, "If you do this, you are, I'm going to allow you to catch some." And so it's it's going to it, you're going to have success in it. That doesn't mean that you're going to win thousands and thousands of people to Christ. What it means is that He will allow you to catch some. What a promise. So- yeah, that's an encouraging thing, um, especially as somebody who's going to the field. <laughs> that that uh, I may not be able to reach everybody, but there will be some people who will respond because God's word doesn't return void. And um, you know, as long as I am allowing Him to make me to become a fisher of men, He gives us that guarantee that we will catch some. Yep. Yeah.
1: Hey, let me uh, take us to John twelve thirty two for just a moment here. In John twelve thirty two, Jesus uh, is. Uh, talking to uh, his disciples here, he's talking to those that are around him and as he's talking to them he is basically saying that the the father uh, his name needs to be glorified he's talking about uh, how he's going to glorify the father but then he comes to verse 32 and notice what he says and I and so he says and I will draw all men unto me. But then there's an if statement, an if-then statement. The if is if I be lifted up from the earth. And so we're talking about, as human beings, us having the ability through the gospel of Jesus Christ to catch people who are headed to a different kingdom or who are part of a kingdom that is not God's kingdom And God wants them to be a part of his kingdom and so we are the messengers the ones who get to go and find the people that need to be discipled or need to be brought into God's kingdom and Jesus really tells us here how it's done if I be lifted up from the earth in other words I need to stand out and as as we lift him up and reveal him as you mentioned in our testimony so this is speaking to the fact that we're not going to catch fish by being a fish. We need mm-hmm. to be something that is different. And that being different is this aspect of us lifting up him. And so it's not about any church name. It's not about any pastor or prophet. It's about Christ. And it and it needs to be us lifting him up. And he says, if I'm lifted up from the earth. And so you and I are of the earth, but not in it anymore we're not supposed to be we're in it but not of it i got it backwards there we're to be in the world but not of the world and so mm-hmm. we need to be lifting him up through the example that he is accomplishing in our own life into the life of others and I notice he says he will draw all men unto himself or to me mm-hmm. jesus says and so if you take out the the part that's in the and the commas there and I will draw all men unto me how does that happen if he is lifted up from the earth and so that's our job and that's what we're talking about in this episode is finding the people so that we can lift Christ up to them and and show Christ to them and transfer that life through this process of discipleship and that transfer of life starts with the gospel but then continues with the teaching about baptism and then the teaching of the things that Christ has taught us. Mm-hmm. So they do conform to the image of Christ and so that they can glorify God with their life as well.
0: Right. Now, that's that's fantastic. We've looked at um, how the first place that you find disciples is through the, through witnessing and Christ's example of doing that with his disciples. And then the method of teaching his disciples of how to do that same thing, he would make them fishers of men. And so when we win people by example of Christ, those people then that we win um, we are supposed to bring along, as Christ did, uh, he won these these 12 men to himself, or 11 of them, and brought them to himself, and then he began to teach them and instruct them and, and made them his disciples, as well as many other people. Um, you know, I find it interesting that there are several times throughout the New Testament that the apostles or that the um, that the disciples of John the Baptist um, come to Christ several times throughout <laughs> throughout the New Testament, and so the even John the Baptist, though um, they speak of the baptism of John and that kind of thing, which is the baptism of repentance. Um, That he is still pointing them to Christ and that's he's sending them to Christ. That's what happens with with uh, with Andrew and with others at that time. And then Andrew obviously brought Peter along as well. So that witnessing process, John was bringing people to Christ and then they were being discipled um, from that point. And um, so that's that's a good example of a place where we can find disciples. Um, One other place we wanted to look at uh, where you can find disciples, there's a couple of examples in Scripture of people who are already saved um, or at least who already know a great deal about the Scripture who then become disciples. And so the first the first one of those I want to look at um, is in Acts chapter number nine. In verse 19, and we've looked at this before, uh, but this is just after the conversion experience of the Apostle Paul. Um, So the Apostle Paul has met Christ on the road to Damascus, and uh, Ananias has already come and healed his eyes. And then in verse number 19, it says, And when he had received meat and he was strengthened, or in other words, when he could get out of bed, um, it says, Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. Um, So, Saul, who became Paul, was saved, knew a whole lot about the scripture. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and things were starting to click into place for him um, that, that the Old Testament spoke of Christ. And so he became a Christian, but had not been discipled. And it says that he went and joined himself and stayed with the disciples. another place, it says that he joined himself unto the disciples. Um, So he began to be discipled as well. And then if you turn over several chapters in Acts to Acts chapter 18, we find somebody else. And we're going to tie these two men together in just a little bit. Um, But in Acts chapter number 18, verse 26, we find a man by the name of Apollos. And Apollos was... Uh, teaching the baptism of John and he knew a little bit um, about things, but he didn't, he didn't have a full understanding. And um, in verse number 25, it says this, this man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit. He spake and talked taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Um, and it goes on to talk about how the Lord really used him to convince the Jews. It says he, he was used mightily to convince the Jews. Um, so Apollos had a basic understanding of scripture and scriptural things that he had gotten from John. Um, but as we discussed earlier, Other disciples of John were pointed to Christ and followed Christ. And somehow Apollos here had just slipped through the cracks. Um, (laughs) Apollos was a disciple of John, understood the baptism of John, um, but did not understand all things concerning Christ. And so he had slipped through the cracks. Um, We use these two men as an illustration of this. These aren't men who they sought out and tried to witness to, and tried to bring to Christ, these two men um, had already come to an understanding of Christ and needed their their understanding refined. And so in the life yes. of the Apostle uh, Paul, Paul had a understanding of Christ and was already a Christian at the point that he joined himself to the disciples, and they began to work on him. In other words, he kind of found them. Um, but in the life of the Apostle, uh, or life the, excuse me, of the life of uh, Apollos, Apollo's was preaching, basically um, preaching the uh, the baptism of John and Aquila and Priscilla. Though he was not a part of the church at that time, came to him and began to teach him the things concerning Christ. And uh, he actually was he actually was baptized, um, but and, and brought into that local church there. But the point of it is this: these were people who were babes in Christ, who needed discipled, who were not necessarily a part of the church when the disciples met them. And so they begin to teach and to train these people. So there may be people um, that you know that are Christians that are you know in perhaps really a really loose church or who are just not in church at all. They're already saved, but no one has taken the time to disciple them. And so these are people who you can have the opportunity to disciple and to bring along, even though you aren't necessarily the one that brought them to Christ.
1: A common denominator between both of these men is the fact that they both were schooled in their understanding in an Old Testament understanding, mm-hmm. which was before Christ. And it's important, as you pointed out just a moment ago, that there's further instruction was not just further religious instruction, but it was instruction on what, on who they are in Christ and what Christ can do for them. And so they needed to be discipled towards Christ. And that was the whole purpose of this further instruction was to bring them to a full understanding of God's way. And what is God's way? Well, it includes Christ because he's the preeminent one in the universe Mm -hmm. and everything revolves around him. And so that was where their, their understanding was lacking and how they functioned in Christ. And so it's interesting as we look here, we see two men I mean, Paul had a, a good Saul had a good grasp of the Old Testament scriptures. He knew it well. Apollos seemed to know well up to the teaching and preaching of John, but he didn't know beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that instruction needed to happen.
0: Yeah, and I love I love um, the idea with Apollos especially that. Even those people who slip through the cracks, we have an opportunity to minister to. Um, You know, I think our churches, most churches in America, are filled with people who were not won by those churches. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we have a culture of, of church hopping, unfortunately, but also people move so much for work and different things. And so, you know, most churches in America have a lot of people in them who we're not won by that body. And so we're not, they were not able to be discipled through the witnessing process, like we saw in the life of Christ. But there is still a way for those people to be brought along and discipled, even if they are not necessarily your, your spiritual children, you still have the opportunity to take those people as babes in Christ and to see them grow. Um, And so it's, it's, I think it's really neat to see a model of that happening. Um, not, not just people who are discipled because they were witnessed to and then brought directly into the church and discipled. Obviously, that is the optimal way um, because that's the way that Christ did it. But also in the lives of these men that were babes in Christ – Um, that weren't necessarily won by the people who began to disciple them, but were able to be brought along. Um, And that brings us to the third and final point here, and we won't spend a lot of time on this because we've addressed it before, um, but we're going to talk about this a bit more practically in the next episode. Um, But in Ephesians chapter 4, we have looked at the different functions that people can have in the church and how those functions can be grown and developed through the process of discipleship. Um, But we wanted to take a look at this same passage at a slightly different angle um, because these are the people who, once again, have quite possibly slipped through the cracks. But in, in Ephesians 4, verse 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers And for the perfectioning of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of the Christ. And then this is where I really want to hone And It says this, until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He gave these different functions to the church. And the purpose of those different functions was to see everyone in the body of Christ come to the fullness of Christ, uh, it's come to the fullness of the unity of faith that they could have, um, as a part of that body of Christ. So the church becomes the catch-all for anyone who might've slipped through the cracks, those who got witnessed to and got discipled. Great. That's how it's supposed to happen. Then there's those babes in Christ who were found, who were outside of the church, um, who were discipled and brought into the church. And then here we see those who were already in the church who are still babes in Christ and don't have anybody discipling them have the opportunity then to be discipled because God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for that purpose to see those people edified and brought along in the body of Christ.
1: And what a wonderful uh, Savior we have that doesn't want anybody to fall through the cracks. He, if we're willing to seek him, he says we'll find him. Mm-hmm. And so he provides for that through the, through the body. And so pastors uh, that are out there listening, you and I have a uh, distinct privilege, but also a responsibility to make sure that those who have not been instructed more uh, perfectly in the way of God, that they have the opportunity to do so. And that's part of our responsibility to provide not only that instruction, but an environment within the church, under the leadership of Christ, to be able to see uh, everybody come to the knowledge of the Son of God. And again, that's that's where discipleship leads us, is to being Christ-like, understanding and knowing who we are and what we are in Christ Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we'll leave with this last passage. We're going to address these two passages again in next week's episode, um, but I'll leave with this, last, this uh, last passage here in 1 Corinthians 3. Um, we're going to read just a couple of verses here, but it says this for one saith, I am of Paul and another, I am of Apollos. So there's the two guys that we mentioned earlier. Um, and the apostle Paul writes, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye have believed, even as the Lord gave to every man I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything. Neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. We'll look a little bit more in detail on this in the, next, in the next episode. But the point I wanted to make just real briefly here is that no matter where people are found, whether they're found in the witnessing process, whether they're found as babes in Christ outside of the church or whether they are found within the church. They all need discipled, and it doesn't matter whether they were won by you, whether they were won by somebody else, whether they were in the church, whether they were out of the church. All of those people need discipled, and at the end of the day, it all comes down to this. God's the one that gives the increase, and God's the one that allows the growing process to take place, and our job is to simply just follow him and meet the people where they are. If they're lost, we need to meet them where they are and get them the gospel. If they're saved, we need to meet them where they are and see them grow in Christ. And so, um, the, the point there is that Paul is not important. Apollos isn't important. The Lord's the one that gives the increase. And if we follow Him and do it according to His plan, and what we find in Scripture, anybody and everybody that we find can be discipled.
1: And an interesting point as well is that it all ends up in the same place. It all ends up in us being in Christ mm-hmm. and us uh, bearing His image and His likeness. And that's that's the beautiful thing. Doesn't matter where you start, but it matters. How you get there and where you get to, mm-hmm. and it's by faith in Christ Jesus that brings us to the point where we can glorify the Father and really fulfill our created purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, discipleship. <clears throat>
0: so, where do you find them? You can find them anywhere. Right. Uh, that's the key. Yeah, you can find them anywhere. Especially, you know, if you if you take the the path of witnessing, which I believe that Jesus Christ illustrated for us quite effectively. Um, you take that path, you can find them anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Um, but even those who seem to have slipped through the cracks, Christ still cares about wants to see them brought along as well. So we'll stop this episode here. And uh, next week we are going to dive in a little bit more to the practical aspect of reaching people who've been churched for a while. Um, who need to be discipled, and so we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more. And uh, if you if you could uh, if you have the, the time or you have uh, if this has been a blessing to you and you want to share this with other people, you can do so. Um, there's plenty of ways to do that. We'll leave some information in the sting to do that. And if you'd like to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. Answer any questions you may have. If you have any ideas for topics that you would like for us to address, um, please feel free to reach out. We'd be happy to discuss some things on the podcast and see if we can get to that. Uh, but thank you again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next. Week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of General Order 4. On the next week's episode, we're going to continue this discussion about where we can find disciples. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us by email at generalorder4 at gmail.com. That's F O U R. Or on Twitter at general order the number 4. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe.